Welcome to Real Testament, the message is shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. I just want to draw your attention this morning to what I would call the return to purpose. Amen. The return to purpose. And I want to read a story, an exciting story in Genesis chapter 35, verse 1 to 7. Hallelujah. Um, Genesis chapter 35 from verse 1. I'll read down to verse 7. A very beautiful story of, of Jacob's sojourn and his journeys and experiences. And I think it is reflective of where we find ourselves today. Hallelujah. A little background before we go into the story that is projected in front of us. And so Jacob received in Genesis chapter 27 um, from verse 26 to verse 29, Jacob received the blessing of Isaac, his father. And let me tell you a little bit about that blessing. God blessed Abraham and told him that the blessing was going to be for his generations after him. And so it was such that that blessing had to pass from Abraham to Isaac. And then from Isaac to the next in line. And so Isaac had two sons. Normally, the blessing had to go to the firstborn son. That was the way it was instituted. And so when Isaac's wife took in, she had twins. And there was a struggle right from their womb. Who would be the candidate for the blessing? And so the first son came and then came the second. All right. So typically, Esau being the first son was qualified by reason of birth, to receive the blessing, to be the one to carry on the blessing of Abraham. Remember, the blessing came to Abraham. But somehow, Esau despised the blessing because he was intangible. When he was in need and needed something, needed a, a quick fix, he despised the blessing. He, in fact, he, he sold the blessing. He sold his birthright. He gave it to his brother for food. And so they exchanged you remember we did a teaching here we called the Esau mentality. Who remembers that? Okay, still recorded on one of those series on finance. And so Esau exchanged the birthright for food. And the birthright fell onto who? Jacob. When the blessing came upon Jacob and Esau realized what he had lost, he became very bitter. He became very bitter. You know, forget the fact that people over the years had painted Jacob as the bad guy. But here, the guy sold something, and the other guy who sold it still wanted to collect it back. So if you ask me, the real bad guy was Esau. You don't agree? He sold his birthright, and then when it was time, he still wanted it back. How can you sell something and want it back without paying a price? Alright? So Jacob got the blessing. And so when Isaac laid hands on him and blessed him, and we're going to end with that blessing of Jacob, he received the blessing. When his brother Esau realized that the parochial blessing, the generational blessing had gone to his brother instead of him, he became bitter and wanted to end his life, wanted to kill him. And so Jacob had to run away to a far country because of his brother. And while there, he encountered a couple of things. But God hadn't given a word. And the word that God gave was that he was going to give unto him the land of Canaan. To him and to his children after him. That was the promise. That was the promise. 
but he was sojourning in a foreign land, which was not necessarily part of the plan of God at that time. So there was a need for God to bring him back towards purpose. There was a need for God to bring his attention back to where his attention needed to be. And so God appeared to him in the night and said to him from where we're going to be reading, God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, go back home. And dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fled from the face of thy brother Esau. Verse 2. Then Jacob said unto his household, God has blessed him now. He's got two wives, and he's got about uh, 11 sons, 11 children. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were within, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. Verse 4. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. Verse 5 continues. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. And so Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan. Remember, the promise was to inherit Canaan for generations to generations. You remember that? That is better. He and all the people that were with him. And we end with verse 7. And he built there an altar and called the place Eth Bethel, because... There God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Why is it important for me to remind you that there is a need to return to purpose? Many times the way God operates, God gives you the picture of the end. He does not necessarily show you the processes to get there. When God told the children of Israel, another time they sojourned again in, in Egypt, and God told them to go into the promised land, he never told them that they would meet the sons of Anak in the wilderness. He never told them that they would come into shortage of water or food. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that the journey from where the children of Israel were in Egypt to the promised land was going to take 11 days. But God said, if I took you through that path and you see war, you will likely do what? Run back. So they had to go through a longer route. But that longer route was still not free of challenges and difficulties. And so the reason God does not show us the hurdles we will cross to get to our destination is because many a times if we saw those hurdles, we would likely not, not take the steps. I tell, you, I tell you a little practical story that happened when we moved into this, this facility. When we moved into this facility, all the money that we had, because we had just started another branch of our church, you know, so some uh, resources had gone into there. So the money that we had, uh, and then it was an emergency, living from where we were um, to this place was an emergency, so we needed to move immediately. And when we got here, and um, all the money that we had was just to pay the first years, and by the way, we just got renewal for this place for another 12 years. Yeah, that happened. That happened while men were asleep during the pandemic. And we paid for three years. Straight up, we paid for three years of that 12 years. 
And so, so we, we, we are free, guys. Put your hands together and appreciate God. <laughs> Amen. All right, so this is the story that I'm saying. And so we got in here and we thought that, oh, with just a few, a few millions, maybe like six, I think the estimate they gave us was about, about, was it six million or 14 million? I can't remember the figures again. When we started work here. And so we felt, oh, okay, somehow we'll find a way to raise this and, and all of that. Do you know that by the time we were done putting this place together, we have spent over 40 million? Now, here is the moral of the story. If we were told at that time that it would cost us 40 million to put this facility to what you see today, likely we would not have taken it because we didn't have the money. Do you understand that? But God said, I will take you to a large place. I will take you to a place where you will expand. I will take you to a place where you will reach the world. But he will not necessarily tell you the price. Hallelujah. And so God had blessed Jacob. And I've given him the purpose for his life. That he will be the source of the blessing to generations and generations and generations. And God was going to increase him and multiply him. But he didn't tell him all the different stages that he would go through. But when he had settled down where he had run to, and it looked that he had moved away from the purpose, there was a need for God to call him back to what? Purpose. A return to purpose. Now let me tell you why this is important to us. In January, when God gave us the word for us for this year, he told us that this is going to be our year of what? productivity. Let me ask you, ladies and gentlemen, do you think God did not know that COVID would come and the whole world would be shut down for months? Oh, God just woke up one day and said, hey, there's something called COVID-19 in the world and everybody's shut down, nobody can go out. I mean, God got surprised about that? Talk to me, was God surprised about that? He wasn't, so he knew. So God knew that there would be a place, a time when there would be a stoppage of business, a stoppage of activities, a stoppage of projections, and yet he gave you the word that this is the year that you will begin to be productive. He didn't end there. He gave us specific word for this congregation. God said to us in January, I'm raising new champions. I'm raising new voices. I'm raising new industry leaders. I'm raising new millionaires. I'm raising new pestitas and new success stories. And perhaps when the pandemic came, you thought that was the end of it all. And you have shifted away from what God had said to you. I'm here today to remind you to return to what? Purpose. That word was given knowing that you would face difficulties. Knowing that you would face challenges. Knowing that your business will be suspended for a while. Knowing that you may lose the job that you were in January. Hallelujah. But yet he said to you that you will be productive, that you will multiply, that you will do things that you have never done before, that you will attain new milestones you have never seen in your business, that your career will blossom. God saw all these challenges and he said that. God knew that in three months you would not make an income, yet he said that this is the year you will make your highest revenue. God knew that in four months you would deplete your savings. Yet he said this is the year you will make the highest investment. Nothing surprises our God. He knows the process. But he gives us a picture of the end. So the Bible said looking unto Jesus. 
who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, did what? Despised the cross and the challenges that he presented and kept focus. Men become discouraged when they are fixated on the process. When they are fixated on the limitations. But if you really want to rise above your challenges, you must keep your eyes on the glory. You must keep your eyes on the end picture. What picture of you are you looking at? What picture is in front of you? That is the purpose. That is the glory. That is where God is taking you to. And I want you to know that the month that you have lost, whichever way it affected you, is not enough to stop your purpose. Hallelujah. It's not enough. So you need to return to purpose. Return to what God called you to do. Return to what he's told you about your year. Return to what he's told you about your future. Because he saw the challenges would come. Hallelujah. Yet he says to you that you are more than a conqueror. Because you will overcome all those things. You will overcome all those challenges and be victorious at the end. God says you will be a world champion. It doesn't mean he didn't know that you would fight battles. Hallelujah. Call yourself what God calls you. Abraham was Abram. But when God gave him the revelation of his purpose, he changed his name to Abraham. And even though he didn't have a child, everywhere he went, he told everybody that he was the father of many nations. Some laughed at him. Some scorned him. Some despised him. They gossiped about him. But it was not enough to get his eyes off the purpose. And the Bible said he counted God faithful who has promised. He called those things that be not as though they were. That's what faith is about. Hallelujah. I want you to rise this morning as I pronounce the pastoral blessing upon you and I will be drawing straight from the blessing that brought Jacob from the land of Laban back to Bethel. And that blessing is found in Genesis chapter 27 in the name of Jesus. Oh glorious Father. Thank you Father. In the name of Jesus. Oh glorious Father. You are bigger than all of them. Bigger than all the challenges. Bigger, 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 bigger. In the name of Jesus. I want you to lift up your hands and begin to speak the word of God about your life. And say, I am blessed. This, my business is blessed. In the name of Jesus. My family is blessed. My future is guaranteed. In the name of Jesus. My career is prosperous and blossoming. In the name of Jesus. I will flourish on the left. I will flourish on the right. I will move forward. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm arriving at my destination. I've returned to purpose. In the name of Jesus. I keep my eyes on what God has said to me. I want to hear you talk to God about your own life. Oh, glorious Father, thank you. Genesis 27 from verse 26. Holy Father, thank you. Whatever specific word God told you about this year and the years after it, I want you to begin to reactivate it in your spirit. I want you to begin to say it to yourself. I want you to begin to say it to yourself. Say it to yourself. Say it to yourself. In the name of Jesus, say it to yourself. Oh, glory. Oh, Jesus, thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. See what he says here. 
And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near unto me and kiss me, my son. From verse 27, you will see the proclamation, and which is what I'm proclaiming over you now. And he came near and he kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell and the fragrance of my son as the smell or the fragrance of a field which the Lord has blessed. You will exude the blessing of God. You will exude the blessing of God like a choice perfume on a, on a body. In the name of Jesus. Therefore, God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and the plenty of corn and wine. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the people shall serve thee and nations shall bow to thee. Be Lord over thy competitors and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cost be every man that cost thee and blessed be he that blessed thee. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. In the name of Jesus, say be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee and cost be every man that cost thee and blessed be everyone who blessed you. Because you have placed your faith in the Lord. Because you have returned to the purpose to which God called you. You shall blossom beyond projections. You shall do things that you never imagined. People shall do you good. Everywhere you go, you shall be recognized as the glory of the Lord. You shall outshine your competition. You shall outshine your limitations. You shall outshine the things that bring you down. You shall go beyond what men have said about you. In the mighty name of Jesus, your business is blessed. Your job is blessed. Your family is blessed. Your health is blessed. Anything that you may have lost to the pandemic, I declare a tenfold restoration. A tenfold restoration. A tenfold restoration. In the name of Jesus. You shall be Lord over the challenges of life. Because the hand of the Lord is upon you. And he's called you to purpose. And all things will work together for your good. In the name of Jesus. You are blessed people. You better know that. You are blessed. 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 Hallelujah. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, visit our website, www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real, influence your world.